The following is a sponsored program on 100.7 FM, WHIN 1010 AM. The views, information, or opinions expressed during this program are solely those of the individuals or participants involved and do not necessarily represent those of Braden Madison Broadcasting or its employees. 100.7 FM, WHIN 1010 AM presents Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program each Sunday morning at 10 AM. Sumner County Spotlight is brought to you exclusively by FNM Bank, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. FNM Bank offers personal banking, business banking, and mortgage loans too. FNM Bank is one of the top independent banks in Tennessee. Member FDIC, equal housing lender, MMLS number 518158. Here's your host for Sumner County Spotlight. Jeff Shannon. Well, good morning. This is Sumner County Spotlight. I'm Jeff Shannon, your host here this morning. And of course, brought to you by friends at FM Bank at 221 Indy Lake Boulevard, right here in Hendersonville. For all of your banking needs, check them out. They're awesome over there. We're going to kick off the show. Uh, we've got a special guest in the studio this morning. And this guy, look, I can't even start to read this. We'll take up the whole show just doing all of his, his accolades and credits and uh, everything that he, the awards you've had. I mean, it's amazing. So, but he, listen, he's been referred to by Billboard Magazine as one of Music Row's greatest veteran tunesmiths, which I, I love that word. Uh, this is Jerry Sally, and uh, Jerry has uh, an incredible, successful, multi-award winning songwriting career. He's been nominated back in 2019 uh, for the Nashville Songwriters Hall of Fame and for a Grammy for producing the multi-artist project Gonna Sing, Gonna Shout. In 2019-2018, the IBMA International Bluegrass Music Association is mm-hmm. doing a lot of that uh, now. You're the Songwriter of the Year. And it just keeps going on. <laughs> where, where do you put all these trophies? You well, to make a separate room. <laughs> well, you're too kind, Jeff. It's so good to be with you today. Yeah. Thanks for inviting me over to, to share some, some things with you. Um, I've just been very blessed, you know. I was raised in country music and bluegrass and gospel music. My daddy, he wasn't a professional musician, but he played five-string banjos. So he gave me my love for bluegrass and gospel and country. And we were raised out in the country where we would watch uh, Hee Haw on Saturday night, you know. And, oh, I remember and that, that sort of thing. And yeah. Dad would literally have to get up on the roof and turn the antenna to get the Flatten Scruggs show on the on the, <laughs> when it came in. So, um, but we were raised. Uh, we were just raised on good old country music, you know, and. Um, it gave me my love and passion for wanting to do this. I, I was a big fan um, of songwriting, even as a kid. I would always look at the credits to see who wrote what songs, you know. And uh, I started performing when I was 10 years old and, and started learning a lot of Tom T. Hall songs. Do you have any video of that? I'd like to hear you say uh, You know, there's not... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that there's a whole lot of video when I was that young, yeah, but yeah. Uh, but uh, anyway, just kind of grew from there. You know, I went to I went to college and got a degree and graduated in uh, 1982 and and was living here within a month of graduating college. You're originally from Ohio, though, right? Correct. I I'm not even going to try to say the yes, the name. Chillicothe. Chillicothe. Chillicothe, okay. Ohio. I was born and raised there. Okay. Uh, went to school at Ohio University in Athens, Ohio, and then moved straight down here within a month of graduating college and. Um, struggled for a few few months trying to figure out you know where to go and what to do and and um, landed a job at Opryland USA which was a big theme park back in sure. the day yeah and I played in the Country Music USA show out there which we imitated different country artists 
and so I got to meet I, I would imitate uh, Roy Acuff so, and I got to meet Roy and Manny Pearl and uh, it was just a great time Porter Wagner I uh, got to meet Tom T. Hall the first time when I was performing out there and everything just kind of blossomed from there it was while I was working there I really started working and concentrating on my songwriting career and started knocking on doors down on Music Row mm-hmm. and uh, I just have been really blessed well the row has changed has yeah. it not <laughs> it has changed it's changed incredibly it's it's you know when i first moved here uh there were over two thousand full-time songwriters uh there was just one little house after the other on 16th and yeah. 17th yeah and every one of those little houses was either a publishing company or a little studio or a record label you know there were a lot mm-hmm. of little record labels back then too and the cool thing back then was that any of those 2,000 songwriters on any given day could get a song recorded or, or have a song on the radio. And, uh, of course, over time, that has, has shrunk with the advent of the Internet and so on and so forth. And uh, we live in a whole different world now. And all the condos down yeah, there. Yeah, and that's the, that's the thing. They, we call it Condo Row now that's instead right. of Music Row. And uh, so all of those, a lot of those old historic homes <laughs> are gone, and, uh, and it's changed. But, you know, we have to learn how to adapt and move on. And, 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 you know, sometimes, in my case, I feel like I've tried to recreate myself a few times, you know, reinvent myself, so to speak, just to stay relevant, you know, in, sure. the, in the music yeah. business. Songwriting is, is, is such a, a talent, and how you all do that blows me away. <laughs> we had your famous daughter in here, Maggie. Yeah, Maggie. My, Magnolia Magnolia Williams. Williams. I, I love that. <laughs> well, she is precious, and she is so talented, and I appreciate you having her on and, and, and talking with her. Yeah, and she was, you know, talking about, you know, writing a song. I mean, how things come to you. Yeah. And I guess every songwriter has their own kind of thing that inspires you and yeah. weird things can inspire you that's true that's very true i don't know what all she she shared with you but i can't count the times that I, there's this little area right before you go to sleep at night when mm-hmm. you're, you know you're thinking about things and i can't count the times thing will pop in something will pop into my head right before i i feel like i'm about to fall asleep and i've learned over the years that I have to get up and write that down right then because there's so many times over the years I thought, oh man, that's so great. I'll never forget that. You know, yeah, yeah. morning comes and you have no clue what you were thinking. Exactly. And I've done so. that myself. Yeah. <laughs> so. so now we got our, our, our the, you know, these cell phone things. Right. We just open up a notepad and start that's writing. That's right. It. That's right. You sleep with your phone by your bed and you, t- you talk into it or you type into it. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So with your process songwriting, I mean, mm-hmm. you have so many hits that you've written for other other folks uh what was it like when you found out your first song is playing on the radio and a big artist has picked it up yeah well it's uh it's an incredible feeling my oldest daughter i will never forget my first country hit was a um a group called wild rose wild rose was an all-girl group uh on universal back in the late 80s late 1980s and uh they had uh, recorded a song called breaking new ground breaking new ground was originally recorded in the bluegrass world uh, by the seldom scene in the late 80s and they had heard the version of that and adapted it to their own style and they recorded that and it was their first single and i had a i had a dental appointment that day in madison and i took maggie with me because my wife was working and couldn't or not maggie i took Lindsay, my oldest daughter okay. excuse me with me and uh so we were literally pulling in i knew that they were doing an interview on wsm radio that morning mm-hmm. the girls were and they were going to debut the single and so we had the radio on listening and, and about the time i pulled into the parking lot at the uh at the dental office it, the song came on you know and i will never forget uh as long as i live that uh, you know i was practically in tears it was just it was it was just the greatest feeling you know and Lindsay said well dad you finally got that hit you were looking for <laughs> <laughs> 
course it wasn't a hit at that point but yeah. it, it became a hit but it, that was just the release <laughs> so but, when you started putting the these songs out there and i guess you you know you pitch them to different people and right uh, your first major artist, a A-lister kind of artist, yeah. well, was was who? Well, the very first really big thing I had was in the contemporary Christian world. Uh, going back to the Opryland days, mm-hmm. uh, I performed as Flat and Scruggs, and I was uh, Lester Flat. And the guy that played uh, Earl Scruggs was a guy named Steve Chapman. Steve was from Paducah, Kentucky. Well, we were great friends back then, and and I wanted to be a country star, and he wanted to be a gospel star. Mm-hmm. So we wrote a song called "Hiding Place" that got him a record deal, and um, he became Stephen Curtis Chapman, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was my my first big hit in in any genre of music. And that song was nominated for a Dove Award the the year after he recorded it. And uh, of course, he's one of the biggest artists ever in any sure, genre, absolutely. you know, and still a dear friend and a great guy. And uh, but that was the very first person to ever, you know, to ever record anything. Now, the first, I'm trying to remember, I may be getting this wrong in, in order, but I think the very first well-known, like Wild Rose was a brand new band when they mm-hmm. recorded that song. John Anderson was the first one that was already a big star when he recorded a song I wrote called uh, I Fell in the Water that I co-wrote with another buddy of mine that lives here in Hendersonville named Jeff Stevens. And um, so we wrote we wrote the song. He took it to the top. He was in the top ten, and, and that was a big hit for us too. It's always cool when you see these major artists that really love what you do. Yeah, and I guess they adapt to a style. The, yeah. the, the way you write, how things are are put out. I mean, it's it's got to be that's just a major talent. How you can do that, I well, <laughs> I, I don't know. I wish you know people say what's your secret there. I, I don't really have a secret, I, and I wish I could explain. It, I think it is a little different for each person. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, I know that as far as the songwriting process goes, for me, it's all about an idea first. And once I have the idea, I tend to want to work on the lyric first and then what I call marry a melody to that lyric. Mm-hmm. Because your lyric's going to tell you what it, what it, whether it's an up-tempo or a ballad or, you know, it's going to, the, the, the essence of the lyric will tell you what kind of feel the mm-hmm. song will have melodically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, now, I have friends and I've written some great songs with some other guys that literally start with a melody. They want to know how it goes first before they can fill it in with the lyric, which that's just kind of the opposite. I do it, all the, I've done it, but also, also I have adapted to that, but it's not as easy for me. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, do you have a favorite place you like to write? I mean, you have a specific spot or just well, wherever it comes to you? Um, these days, yeah. Um, my wife and I, we have a beautiful home over in Gallatin. Okay. Or not Gallatin, I am losing my mind. <laughs> Gatlinburg. Okay. I love Gallatin too, yeah. by the way, but uh, we go through Gallatin to get to Gatlinburg. <laughs> but uh, I, I love to go to Gatlinburg and write. That's where I do most of my writing by myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a, a place there that's just a real inspirational area. We love to hike, and uh, we're just up on Mount Leconte, spent the night a few few weeks ago. That's probably my favorite place in the world to write. Sure. Well, it's yeah. quiet. It is quiet. Yeah. I mean, I used to love going over there when I lived in East Tennessee. You know, you'd go trout fishing. Yep. You go by yourself. Yep. You know, just get some waders and yep. just find a stream. Yep. And there you are. But it was just so enjoyable and peaceful. Yeah, it is peaceful. You know, and now it, it's you know really gotten busy with the traffic over the years because right. of the place it is. But you get right. you know you get out a little bit. You yeah, can. we we're very fortunate. We live uh, our place is up off of Ski View Drive, and uh, it's uh, it's a dead end up there. And uh, We've literally gone up there before and never went downtown. It's because we can get on the bypass and go up to where our place is. Sure, but it is quiet, and it's just got to. Sometimes you just got to get away and and regenerate, regenerate. Sure, and and re-energize yourself, and that's that's the place I go for that. So on your website, which is jerrysally.com, by the way, it's uh, 
s-a-l-l-e-y dot mm-hmm. com mm-hmm. Is, is that front porch shot is that there at the cabin no that's not there that actually that's a little deceptive that little <laughs> cabin actually sits in the town square in collierville tennessee uh, wow, my other really? daughter there's Lindsay, the oldest and whitney L- whitney lives in collierville okay. and then maggie kate is my my baby girl magnolia whitney took those photos for my front porch philosophy cd that was released in 2017 the angles that she took mm-hmm. makes the cabin look so much bigger than it really <laughs> is but uh un- unfortunately that's not our place over there <laughs> <laughs> well i mean it, it i just thought it had such a great vibe that it just really shows you in in deep thought yeah you know coming up with an idea or getting this thing laid down i mean it was just yeah. uh, it was a great shot i, I well, love thank it. you thank you very yeah. much yeah you're with your photography background you probably you probably recognize things like that yeah a little bit i mean more i look than, at different and things appreciate and, things more than some people do <laughs> yeah but you and, and you know you just find you know the emotion yeah in somebody and yeah. you can you know create that a certain way but without trying to set it up you know you yeah. just capture yeah. it but yeah it's just the, the best kinds of shots when when people don't know they're being taken right that's right and whitney you know whitney's got a great eye she's not a professional photographer but she's really good at, at seeing things a certain way she has a photographer's eye mm-hmm. but she's not a professional photographer but yeah. yeah she she took that over there yeah and i always tell the photographers learn to read the light mm. if you could read Very the light good very good that then you can you can make it happen you got such a great blanket of light right there with all the openness coming into the the porch there oh, awesome um, i'm glad you, you know, like it yeah very nice so jerrysally.com you have to go over and check this out and uh check jerry's bio because I, i'm telling you, you you'll spend about an hour going through it but i'm no real i'm serious i i was going down and reading all of this and you've had geez i over 18 million records worldwide that have used your your songwriting and yeah I've, and you're just coming out with I've, a new cd i guess it's a it's a holiday is this brand new yeah this is brand new um and i have been very just very blessed <laughs> yeah that's right that's right and uh, i've been wanting to do a christmas record for years uh most of the songs on the cd are songs that other people have recorded for me over the years but i have a, a couple of brand new songs on there and uh magnolia's singing her own she's got her own a song the night heaven kissed earth mm-hmm. that i wrote with another fellow uh, Hendersonville fellow who's unfortunately passed away Aaron Wilburn Aaron was one of my closest friends in life and unfortunately we lost him last about a year ago uh, now but he and I wrote a lot of great songs together over the years and had a lot of fun and Maggie is singing that particular song Magnolia is then I've got my grandkids I've been really waiting on my grandkids to get a little bit older before I did this because I (laughs) wanted them on there to make a family it's called a very Jerry family Christmas that's great and uh, anyway um, I would encourage folks to please go check it out Mm -hmm. Um, they can get it off off your website you can get it it right there order it right off the website and if you get it now you'll still have it for most of the christmas season and it really is a fun it was a labor of love it really mm-hmm. was and i'm just so excited to finally i'll probably well i doubt i'll ever do another christmas <laughs> album so it's my only yeah. christmas record <laughs> well that's awesome so and what we're talking about jerry sally infamous or famous <laughs> singer songwriter uh and it's great we're going to continue our conversation with jerry when we come back with more of Sumner County Spotlight. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. Welcome back to Sumner County Spotlight on this Sunday morning. I'm Jeff Shannon, and we're going to continue our conversation with award-winning, award-winning, and say that 20 
hundred more times. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Jerry Sally's here visiting with us, and Jerry, thanks so much for taking your time to come in here before well, you head to the mountains. Well, Jeff, I appreciate you, and I appreciate uh, your program here and the opportunity to be with you today. Well, it's 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 incredible to to have you here, and and just Thank to know you. that we have so many great great songwriters and entertainers right here in our own community yeah hendersonville is uh is just well it's home and those of us who live here understand why it's uh it's so special and why so many people are attracted to come here you know it is, it's, yeah. uh, it's just a very creative community a loving community a caring community and we're just grateful to live here right <laughs> and and in this small community, Middle Tennessee, mm-hmm. there's so many great historic things that mm-hmm. have been produced and created right here yep. that nobody really knows about. What, give me a rundown of some of the, the artists that, that you've had the opportunity to work with and to, to write for. And yeah. Well, I've, I've written with several, and I've, I've been very blessed. Um, I mentioned earlier that I'd had a big hit with John Anderson. Um, Reba uh, recorded a song of mine called I'm Going to Take That Mountain that she had a hit with back in 2003. She had recorded another song of mine earlier earlier in 1996 that was not a single called close to crazy and uh on on a platinum uh, album you know she had been out in uh, just a quick story she had been out in um la doing her tv show for mm-hmm. a lot of years in the early 2000s late 90s and so when she came back to town in 2003 to record an album it was the first album she had recorded in a while everybody in town was trying to get on the album you know including you know including me <laughs> so uh we pitched a song over there and i remember it was in january of 2003 i called over to their office after they put my song on hold this i'm going to take this i want to take that mountain was the name of the song and um i said hey just out of curiosity when are y'all going to record and they said we'll probably be later this you know late spring and early summer and i said how many songs do you have on hold i don't know for the listeners that may not know if you pitch a song and an artist thinks they might want to record it they'll ask you to put a hold on the song which means you hold on to it you don't pitch it to anybody else till they make up their mind whether or not they're going to record it so i called her there and i said how many songs do you have on hold right now and they said 90 <laughs> yeah and of course wow. that was you know i knew how it worked so i didn't go out and buy anything <laughs> because over time you know they get it down to 10 songs or 12 or whatever sure. well that's kind of like house buying right now yeah you no to buy a house, you got 90 people bidding on the that, <laughs> that is the truth especially this area <laughs> yeah but um so every month they would have these song meetings you know and we'd get a call here still on hold and in April, I ran into uh, Ariba at ASCAP, the Performing Rights Organization, ASCAP. Mm-hmm. There was a, a function, there was a, something going on there, and she happened to be there. And uh, we talked, and she said, oh, she said, I really love your song. I really want to record it. And I said, not as much as I want you to. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, we, we, we got really uh, lucky and blessed again. Um, I'm uh, like I said earlier I'm from Chillicothe Ohio and I had gotten a call my grandmother who was 95 and in a nur- at a nursing home was was failing and they had called all the family in and it was on Wednesday afternoon I was holding granny's hand to nursing home when I got the call that um, that Reba had recorded the song that was on a Wednesday the following Friday which was July the 4th late late that night my granny passed away and because she passed away on a Friday we didn't have any services until Monday but on our way home to the home place from the cemetery on Monday. I got another phone call that it was going to be the first single off of Reba's record. 
so wow. it was like thank you granny <laughs> right i was gonna say that <laughs> so um because reba listened to granny now yeah that's right that's right she i i believe reba's a praying person and i i think uh there's a there's a spiritual connection to all this music some way yes. or another you know mm-hmm. and so um it was just one of those things that was meant to be i guess and uh, but that's the story that's a i like to tell that story because of a lot of different levels but that's how that that one came about and i got really fortunate here the last few weeks because unbenounced to me reba re-released she released a brand new three cd set that came out october 1st and she included i'm going to take that mountain as part of this project of this project uh the album the this the three cd set is called reba remixed remastered and revisited and, and they took our song yeah. yeah they took our song and they actually put more of a, a contemporary dance beat to it. it it sounds totally different than we wrote it uh the vocal's the same but it's it's really cool it's really cool and hip the way they did it so i'm very grateful for that yeah amazing now i got a question for you this yeah. popped in my head while you were talking yeah if you write a song you have all the lyrics down can somebody go in and change that so if an artist goes no, I want to change this phrasing to yeah. this. Yeah. Can they do that? Yeah. Um, yes. Um, it's always best, and the, the writers appreciate it if you at least ask permission before mm-hmm. you change anything. But it's uh, it's probably a little bit more common for them to change the phrasing on a, on a song or on a line in the song mm-hmm. than it is to actually change lyric. But I have had artists call and say, hey, can you write rewrite this line or, or can we re- change okay. this line to this or that? I remember the first goal old record i was ever on was a patty loveless album uh, the i can't remember the name of the album right now but it was 1992 and um she had a couple of big hits off that album how can i help you say goodbye was one of the ones that really stands out in my memory but i had a song there called love builds the bridges pride builds the walls and she changed the last line of the second verse mm-hmm. and uh, but they called and they said do you mind if we change it to this it didn't change the meaning at all okay I was wondering um, it, about that. If yeah, that would, yeah, yeah. And uh, what really the only thing that aggravates me, and this has not happened very. This has happened very, very, very seldom. And it's usually, to be totally honest, not the bigger stars, but the the people coming up. You know that that if nobody knows yet. Yeah. What aggravates you is when they say, "Can I change these couple of lines and get writer credit?" That doesn't fly with me very well <laughs> that's when you go talk to the hand yeah yeah or, or you know or and i have had a couple of songs where they say would you change this line and we'll record it and i refuse to change it now that's been to my financial detriment <laughs> wasn't always maybe not the smartest decision but there's something about when you're a creator you spend a lot of hours at least i do trying to get something just right or at least in your mind right now does that mean there's different ways to skin a cat of course there are uh, are there better lines than what you have? Probably, you know, every once in a while. But you do recognize when the new line is not as good as what you had mm-hmm. or changes the meaning of what you're trying to convey. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, so um, I've had to do that a couple of times. But for the most part, 99% of the people who have either recorded my songs or, or 99% of those who have ever asked me to change anything will call and ask me. That's, and, yeah. you know, because that's just the right thing to do. Well, I mean, especially at your level at this point, you know what I mean? That you would feel that they would have to, well, to do that. Well, you appreciate them more, you know, when they, when they just yeah. say, hey, man, do you mind? And, you know, again, 99.99% of the time, if they do ask you're going to say absolutely no no problem you know that was uh, uh that, that's something that happens from time to time um another quick uh story is my buddy uh, from east kentucky uh, there was a fellow that moved here a few years ago uh several years ago now and i was the second guy he ever wrote with when he came to nashville we got to be really good friends and started having songs recorded together 
and uh, he wanted to be an artist though he was a great singer and everybody in town knew how great he was mm-hmm. he became a lead singer for a bluegrass band called the steel drivers for a while and then he finally landed his own record deal um he was in his uh, mid mid to late 30s at this point he recorded an album called traveler and i was very fortunate to have a song on that album that i co-wrote with him and my buddy ronnie bowman called outlaw state of mind his name's uh, chris stapleton and uh, i've heard of that guy yeah <laughs> yeah and uh so that's another great opportunity that just came out of the blue i mean we we all knew in town all of us knew how great and talented he was but it really wasn't until his performance on the cma the night with justin timberlake that uh, where they performed the uh, old george jones hit tennessee whiskey that just blew him up you know totally. overnight yeah. literally overnight i know that album that album came out in april of that year which probably would have been 2000 15 maybe or 16 it was 15 the album came out and by by the time the uh, cma awards rolled around it had sold about seventy thousand copies that performance was on a wednesday night and by friday we had sold over a million copies amazing isn't that crazy it, so. and how things like that can happen you know it's uh, i had a question yeah. and, and a lot of i think somebody has asked me this before an artist wants to include your song they want to cut that song mm-hmm can you sell that to another artist well is there a time period that you have to stay within or that's a great question normally if the song has never been recorded before again they ask you for a hold normally and so uh in in those cases you would in you would honor whoever most people (laughs) i can't speak for every songwriter Mm -hmm. in town but most people would honor that hold i know a a great example is the song i'm going to take that mountain that reba recorded gretchen wilson actually did the demo for me on that song sang the demo and i remember again you know they put my song on hold in january she didn't record it until july first of july in april of that year I was at a little studio in Nashville called County Q Studios doing some demos, and uh, Gretchen came in. And she came up to me, and she was singing for another person there, and she said, Jerry, do you remember the song that I sang for you, I'm Going to Take That Mountain? I said, well, yeah, I, I did a great job, you know. And she said, well, I just got signed to a record deal, and I want to cut that song. I had to say, well, if Reba's got it on hold right now, if she takes it off hold, man, I'd love for you to have it. Yeah, watch out. She, she but, might whoop you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> do it now, but, Jerry. I know. But... Um, um, but so those things happen, you know, when somebody else wants it. Now, there's been a few times, not in my career, but some pretty famous stories on the row of people who thought they had the song. They went ahead and spent the money on it. And down the street, somebody else was recording it almost within days of each other. Hell. And then, you know, then you got to deal with that. I don't want to really deal with that. I, I would yeah. rather, even if I make the wrong decision, I want to make sure I honored my word. Sure. And so um, now... If I had a song by an upcoming artist that no one had ever heard of and Garth Brooks called and said, I really want that, I would go back to the first person mm-hmm. and I would say, man, I've got this opportunity. And and, and I would just have to see how they reacted to it, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, you know. Yeah, you start th- throwing the, the name like that out, they might. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> right. That's right. That's right. A guy that I just really am very impressed with, and I knew he was a friend of yours, worked with Glenn Campbell mm-hmm. forever and yeah. Carl Jackson. Yeah. He, he is just amazing to me. He is amazing. I wrote a song once called, If I Could Play Guitar Like Carl Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> and his harmony. Yeah, 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 yeah. Carl's one of the all-time greats in my book. He's not only one of my very best friends, but he and, uh, and I and Larry Cordell, we do a little trio show that we've done for almost, well, over 30 years now. Mm-hmm. And uh, matter of fact, we're playing, we do a Christmas show every year in Carl's hometown of Louisville, Mississippi. And this year it's going to be on um, on Saturday, uh, December the 18th. 
And a matter of fact, Magnolia is going to be there, my daughter. Oh, good. And she's right. going to come out and sing the Night Heaven Kissed Earth on the program. Nice. But we've been doing this Christmas show in his hometown for, well, I think this is our 24th or 25th year. You should, you know, we need to have him on here one of these days. He's a great guy, and, and he, and he you can know, tell and, you a lot of great stories. And, and he had called uh, my wife at the chamber, mm-hmm. and they were talking, uh, and I said, it was a guy named Carl Jackson. I go, wait a minute, what? <laughs> you were talking to Carl? Did you get his number? No, I didn't. Oh. I, and, yeah, I can hook you up. <laughs> he, uh, let me tell you, and, and he's he's been working with Glenn's daughter, I yes, guess, Ashley, uh, quite uh-huh. a bit. Yeah. And uh, it's yeah, Ashley's actually his goddaughter. It, uh, you know, yeah. I think I read that. Yeah. And, and she is doing some awesome stuff she has she a is. very unique kind of voice she does you know and, and she man she's doing what i call the real stuff i mean she's not really chasing what other people are doing mm-hmm. she's just doing her own thing and i think some of her music is some of the most creative that's being made right now in, yeah. out of nashville well even when she resings her dad's stuff it's yeah. so pristine i mean yeah. it's just the emotion that you have coming out when you're doing wichita linemen or mm-hmm. yeah, gentle on my mind any of those but Carl, I don't know, yeah, it's just yeah, magic that yeah. he has. Carl yeah. is one of the greatest um, songwriters, guitar players, one of the greatest musicians ever lived in my book. And I produce a lot of records and have over the years, and I really learned a lot of my production skills from working with him in the studio. Mm-hmm. I've, I've adapted a lot of the things he's taught me and shown me over the years, and I give him a lot of credit for, for what I've done on the production side of things. Yeah. Um, which reminds me, just want to tell the listeners real quick, that uh, there's a brand new uh, CD that just came out in September that you can only get at Cracker Barrel, but it's called Country Faith Bluegrass. And I went in and I produced eight new songs that had never been recorded. Uh, One of them was, we did a new version of In the Sweet By and By with Dolly. And so it was the first time I'd ever got to produce a record on Dolly. And uh, it's the single that's out right now. But we've got a lot of great people on there. I'm doing a duet with my buddy, Marty Rabin. And um, it's all bluegrass gospel. We've got Dale Ann Bradley on there with the Isaacs, who are another residents of Hendersonville. Yes, yeah. A great family that I've loved and known for many, many years since we were all very young. And Doyle Lawson and Quicksilver have a new cut on there. Uh, Joe Mullins and Radio Ramblers. Uh, Darren and Brooke Aldridge. Uh, I just go on and on. And then we leased a few tracks. We leased uh, All Prayed Up from Vince, the Cox family, and Allison Krauss. And uh, we leased the last song on there is, is Charlie Daniels doing a song off his Long Leaf Pines album. Wow. And uh, it's a it's a really I'm really proud of it, and it's just a, a it was a labor of love as well. And I just want to let the listeners know that they're available. It's called Country Faith Bluegrass, and Pick it's it up at Cracker Barrel. Cracker Barrel, yeah, so, exclusively at Cracker Barrel okay, right now. All right. Well, and they've got uh, you know some great music there anyway. They do. They've kind of become our, they've <laughs> kind of become our Walmart as far as as far as country music yeah, and, go- no, and gospel totally. and bluegrass. <laughs> all right, Jerry, man, we've run out of time, and I can just I can keep doing this. So we'll have to have you back, and you I know, would love that, Jeff, and, and talk some more. But uh, you need head over jerrysally.com check out the website he's got some uh, some projects on there you need to check that out run over to cracker barrel and pick that up because that that sounds awesome thank so. you i think people will enjoy it if they like if they love gospel music at all they're going to yeah. enjoy it well go get it folks that's for sure all right that's going to wrap up this segment of sumner county spotlight we'll be right back with more fnm bank presents sumner county spotlights since 1906 fnm bank has been serving middle tennessee with first class products and services visit them today at 221 indian lake boulevard in hendersonville or myfmbank.com 
Welcome back to Sumner County Spotlight. Jeff Shannon, your host right here for this uh, Sunday morning, brought to you by our friends at FNM Bank. I have another guest in our studio right now, and uh, you will recognize this name. I can I can guarantee you that, and because uh, she's an actress, singer. Uh, she's best known for playing Lucy Ewing on Dallas, the show that was on. It was an incredible show, I got to say. I mean, everybody just followed it. Ah, thank it you. Was, it was, it was, you know, it was really one of those iconic projects that will just stay around ah thank you yeah it really was and of course you've done i mean hundreds and hundreds of tv and and, uh, movie appearances and you're still continuing to do all of that i am i'm I'm, you know i'm lucky i'm blessed for sure for sure the movie uh, industry out in of course la is a lot different than it is here Uh, i assume that that's probably going to change here and that that's another story that's (laughs) coming up but i see some great things happening but you have just really been keeping busy so let everybody know what's been going on with you um i've been blessed i did a couple of movies you know christmas movies that okay. I'm not, which I love I'm I love doing them because I actually love watching them so <laughs> and I always get to play the you know the crazy aunt the silly grandmother and all that great stuff which I love yeah. so because that's what I am a silly grandmother <laughs> glammy <laughs> Well, I mean, these these uh, roles over the years. I mean, you 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 want to kind of stay relevant with certain things and uh, put your name out there, and you know, try to you know stay busy with doing projects. And of course, you have you have an agent, a publicist, and all of that that kind of keeps that going for you. I have a manager in Los Angeles. It's interesting. I'm not, and I'm doing things, and I, I'm fortunate that sometimes people give me a hoot and a holler and yeah. say, "Are you available? Would you like to do this?" So. Why not? <laughs> yeah. So now, do they send you scripts and you can say, well, yeah, well, that's not that me. Doesn't always, no, no, no. That doesn't always happen. And I right. do have to audition for projects, okay. trust me, which I love to do. Uh-huh. And um, the thing is now, the, especially since the pandemic, everybody's auditioning on tape. So well, I wonder how if they're utilizing Zoom as well. How can, how you can I have not done on any Zoom. Zoom. I've not <laughs> done it. They are, I hear. I have not done any. It's just basically you send in the tape audition, and apparently I'm kind of sucky at that because I've only gotten <laughs> like two out of the tapes I've done, and I've done quite a few of the tape auditions. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's a whole different, you know, thing to to do tape auditions. Sure. So. Yeah, I mean, you got to you know feel it, I guess. But uh, but you're you're a great actress, so you can just like meditate, jump into the role, and you become that. <laughs> yeah, that's right, exactly. Just that's it. <laughs> it's just that easy. Yes, Meryl Streep and I. Yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> so in the, um, I guess over the years uh, since Dallas. I mean, I'm looking down your credits, and it's just amazing all the things that you were were involved with, the different shows, the television, uh, and movies as well. So, what kind of what kind of brought all that on? Well, I, you know, I was lucky. Before Dallas, I did Happy Days, and I did a few of the shows that were on at the time, and then I was fortunate enough to get Dallas, and um, and I was young. I was only 17, and I really didn't realize what a phenomenon it was until years later. I was young, and I. I just didn't I didn't understand and Patrick Duffy said this to me recently he said you have to understand we were not only number one in the United States but at the same time the show rolled out to like 100 and something countries worldwide we were number one worldwide simultaneously Mm -hmm. that doesn't usually happen usually like there's a break a show will come on and it'll be a couple of years and then it'll go to this country and that come country that is not what happened with dallas we went out at the same time Mm -hmm. so we were a worldwide we were a global phenomenon so when everybody found out who shot jr Mm -hmm. the world found out at the same time everybody's i mean 
it stopped. And that doesn't happen. And I don't know if you can keep a secret like that now with social media. <laughs> True. So that's why, you know, we were the number one rated show in the history of television. Yeah. So have they, I don't know if, if I guess the older shows, they could put them on a, like a streaming platform where you can watch the whole series again. Dallas and... is, since the pandemic, Dallas is on Amazon Prime. So what has happened is especially in in the beginning of everybody being shut down again worldwide people were shut down yep. all over the world yep. Yep. and dallas was on amazon prime i am getting just tons and tons of letters and people reach out to me that are my age when i started this show i'm, I'm telling <laughs> anywhere from 15 till 90 people that watched the show back then and are rediscovering it isn't that great i mean it it found a whole new life on amazon prime mm-hmm. So I I haven't seen the show in 40 years or more. No, not that long, but a long time. Yeah. So I was babysitting my little grandsons and my daughter came in and the, the, the voice, my little grandsons, I put them to bed and she comes in and she walks in the door and I'm watching Dallas on her television. She goes, Mom, what the heck are you watching? I go, Dallas. She goes, why? I go, well, because everybody else seems to be. And I, I said, I haven't even seen all of the episodes even back in the day. Yeah. And I just wanted to see. I, I mean, and it literally was a scene out of Sunset Boulevard. All I needed was a martini and a cigarette in my hand going like, this is me when I was young. But, and so I've actually gotten a kick. I don't watch it every day, obviously. But, you know, I, I'll put it on and take a glance. I think I'm up to season three now but um so it's that it's fun i'm having getting a kick out of re-watching it again so. you kind of remember like what you were going through like on that take i had to do you know this or oddly this happened enough, I, oddly enough i it does bring back those memories yes you're right yeah about what was going on at on the set at the time or in my life at the time and there was a a, a whole storyline for my character lucy where lucy was raped and became pregnant so Lucy was considering having an abortion, which you have to understand back that then, was, yeah, yeah. that was never discussed. And my character ultimately did choose to have an abortion. Okay. This was, you got to realize, I mean, and you know, we're kind of back, uh, oddly, here we go. Here we go again. We, yeah. we're, we're, you know, <laughs> it, it's back up again for discussion. But, um, but at that time, I was actually pregnant with my daughter, Cherish that I wanted desperately. I was thrilled to be pregnant. So when I was doing all those scenes about talking to Barbara Belgettis, who played my grandmother, Miss Ellie, on the show, Mm -hmm. and my scenes saying, how can I have this baby when, you know, when I was raped and every time I look at it, you know, blah, 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 and all these things about I want to have an abortion. I, as an actress, just didn't let myself get emotionally invested. I purposely didn't. I just Mm -hmm. would almost say the lines and not get invested because I was genuinely pregnant and I didn't want to to carry that you know I didn't mm. want to have that energy going through my mind and emotions in my body so yeah, yeah. well it's, a, it's such a dramatic show and there were so many ups and downs in that show you and it's amazing how people think that's real yeah I mean that's like the real yeah this is, and they, they get an angry with when you when you are performing that. those things it, it does it affects you mentally and physically yeah. so I was not going to take that on being pregnant i just was not going to take on you know that sure the emotions of of that 
Well, you know, over the years, you've established some great relationships you know, with cast, with crew, and all of that over the years. Have you maintained any of the relationships? I know you said you talked with Patrick, but... Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're still very close. Uh-huh. And it's, and it's sad when you, you have those great friends that you were with and, you know, of course, then they pass away and, you know, you have to deal with all of that. It, it, when you look back on it and reliving it through having this on on amazon prime you get to almost like relive all those relationships again oh yeah absolutely well, you know uh of course larry hagman and yeah we, we we have lost sadly you know people that were very much a part of well my career started with them and and um we were together for 13 years and you know i was 17 when i started so they were you know they formed my life and sure we were family we so genuinely how long, did, how long was that series on 13 years wow now prior to that you said you were the happy days mm-hmm. so what what did you play on there i played jill higgins i was the cheerleader <laughs> with the big pom-poms <laughs> i was Joni's nemesis so okay yeah yeah so you didn't have to deal with the fawns very much oh i did yes (laughs) because he was always yes i did have to deal with him um we we did a uh dance marathon and it was between fonzie and myself henry linkler is actually a very brilliant dancer and could do this russian dancing and he won the he won the dance marathon wow yeah okay Well, I mean, who would have thought after all, you know, the years since that that show had stopped that uh, Richie Cunningham would (laughs) become this famous iconic from his character as Richie. But, you know, being now a director and, you know, everything that he has done, you know, right. I think it's, it's it's amazing. You never think of it. Just like when you were doing the Dallas, you had no idea it was going to be such an iconic um, project that's going to be around forever and ever because you're right. in the no, midst of it, you I, know. But. Yeah, I did not. No one, we did not have that idea about Dallas when we started, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I did Happy Days, I remember at the time, I was, I was still in high school um, mm-hmm. and it was before Dallas. I think I was like 15. I remember Ron Howard basically shadowing Jerry Paris, the director, and Ron Howard was very much involved with the behind the scenes. And I said, wow, he's, I, I remember thinking to myself at 15, he's going to end up being a huge director someday. I just, I don't know what made, I mean, just I could see what he was doing yeah, on wow. set. He was really interested in, in that part of the, sure. the well, process. I mean, you know, and Ron has done some some great things and, you know, you kind of follow his career and watching all these things that he's directing. And so you were right. Your intuition, you got to go with that. I, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. <laughs> so what do you see for me? Uh, never mind. Uh, <laughs> you fail. <laughs> um so after Dallas, it, was, it had to been kind of a whirlwind for you, you know, after all of that and uh, things started to happen. What was your your initial projects after after that? Well, I was a single mother raising my daughter and I really just took time being a mom. And um, I was able to take my daughter to school every day, mm-hmm. pick her up every day, be there for any little shows she did, projects and things like that. So I, I was fortunate. I'm, I would do things that... Um, I was able to take her with. I, I, I focused a lot on theater. I did a play in San Francisco that was directed by Jerry Zaks, who has won nine Tony Awards as a director. And that play was called The Foreigner. I did that with Emma Jean Coca and Renee Auberginois. And I did that. My daughter was able to come. So we, I stayed in San Francisco, lived there for a little bit while I did that play. And then I did a play in London called Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? So my daughter came with me. She went to school in London and... 
so I focused more on theater. Well, I got to say, you've done a great job with Cherish. She is just amazing. Thank you. Uh, she says it, hello, by the way. Oh, she sends her love. <laughs> well, and, and she, I don't know, she just has this aura around her. Thank and you. now you have the, the grandson yes. uh, that you're My enjoying two as well. Sons. Two yeah. now, yeah. So life is good. Yes. Absolutely. That's amazing. Absolutely. You know, and, and the kids really kind of bring stuff to our lives that, you know, before, you know, you get involved with other things that now are just irrelevant. You know, what's what's important is family. Absolutely. You know? I, yeah, you know, and I think through everything with COVID, if, I think it, of the blessings that came out, I think people do realize that. Yeah. And um, oh, your, your friends and your family, of course. And sure. your loved ones, your relationships are important. Um, but Cherish is amazing. And, um, She's actually very involved with me with that project for Love from Music City. She does a lot of work with them as well. For right. and you know we're doing that project on December twelfth. Yeah, and you for know the what? foster kids in Middle well, Tennessee. Well, that's what we're going to talk about in our next segment. Okay. So let's take a break right now, awesome. and we'll be right back with oh, more. Oh, very cool. Awesome. Um, I love it. I love yeah, it. Yeah, we'll be back with more Sumner County Spotlights. Stand by. I love it. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. Welcome back to Sumner County Spotlight on this Sunday morning. I'm Jeff Shannon. We're going to continue our conversation with Charlene Tilton. You might remember Charlene as a famous actress, but she's also a singer. I think she uh, does some Carrie Underwood impressions. And Not does... me. <laughs> happens to know. <laughs> That's a different story. Uh, but anyway, so Charlene you know, is living right here in Hendersonville. You've been kind of involved in the community for some time, and I know you've hooked up with our friends over at Love for Music City, Crystal Brown and Shanda Tri and they're doing look i am so impressed with them i mean because i'm kind of passionate about the foster care system so we adopted three kids uh, from the system uh, many years ago but they are just doing an incredible uh, job to help out the these kids here in middle tennessee with items that they normally would not get because you don't get a whole lot when you're when you're in the system Absolutely, absolutely. Well, they do their Christmas party. They will have 200 children, 200 foster children that are in the system this year on December 12th at the Fireplace Fellowship, which is at... 403 Walton Ferry Road in Hendersonville. Mm-hmm. It's not open to the public. It it's is just not a party open for the to kids. the public. Right. You can volunteer, but you have to go through a um, process. <laughs> you have to, it, it's a process, but they do need volunteers. And, and that is through Love from Music City. Love from Music City.org. You can go and, but. Now, there's a lot of drop off places they can There are drop off places, yep. though, that you can drop off. It must be a brand new toy or item. It cannot be used and it has, and it cannot be wrapped and there are drop-off places such as let's see sam's grill i know that pony express in hendersonville Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. on main street which i love i love pony express i because i'm a technological dingbat so they (laughs) they print everything out for me they do all my stuff handle this yeah i I literally walk in and say i got effects i need to do this and they're like okay but anyway let's see i'm i'm pulling up some of the drop-off places and you can even drop off some things at the fireplace fellowship at 403 walton ferry road in henderson Mm -hmm. But let me see. Some of the other drop-off places are. Let me so you got see. Clear Choice Optic. Um, I guess Walmart Vision Center right here in Indy Lake. Yes, the Walmart here. Yes, on, and, Sam's Sports Bar and Grill. Yep. The Nutrition Factory Hendersonville. Mm-hmm. And Workout Anytime Fitness Hendersonville and Gallatin, which obviously I think that's a sign saying I probably should go visit them <laughs> uh, I mean, after the holidays. <laughs> 
Yeah. And anyway, but they do need, uh, what they do is they set up different stations that are age appropriate with brand okay. new clothes, okay, clothes. coats, yeah, okay. shoes. And I'm not talking just cheap shoes. I'm talking the tennis shoes that these kids want that are <laughs> expensive. They still have the price tags on yeah. and they have the, the anywhere from, from babies to 18 years old so that the kids go to where their sizes and age okay. groups. They can go shopping and pick out what they want for toys and clothes, school supplies. They all get brand new backpacks because I was a foster child from the age of five till eight years mm-hmm. old. I was in the foster care system for three years and during that time I had a, a, just a, a bag, a plastic bag yeah. that I had my, you know, toothbrush in or whatever. So these kids get, actually get backpacks, cool backpacks. Mm-hmm. So they're not carrying around a trash bag. And um, they get backpacks, clothes, jackets, shoes, toys. Everything they possibly everything need. Everything yeah. they want and need. Yeah. So it's very exciting. And I'm they, that is on December 12th at the Fireplace Fellowship. This is Love from Music City. If anybody would care to donate toys, please go on there and find out how you can. And, and you can, uh, if you go to the website, all the information's on there, but you can also uh, email crystal at loveformusiccity.org. Yes. And we've been we've been talking about it on the air here, you know, quite a bit, you know, promoting this. So hopefully Thank we're you. getting uh, a lot of donations uh, for them because, you know, folks, really, th- these kids uh, really don't get a whole lot because, I mean, the foster families, you know, they they don't have the money to be, you know, lavishing the, the kids with things. It's just bare essentials pretty much and right. whatever they come in with that's that's what they get right and, and a lot of the kids are are you know in facilities and things like that where they don't even get anything they get yeah. nothing for christmas yeah. Yeah. like christmas is just a day yeah you know their birthday is just a day so this is this is uh, you know and there's live entertainment they've got wonderful singing and santa comes comes to the party and there's food and and things and but like i said it is not open to the public yeah. because they're all federally protected it is only for children these 200 children in the foster care system and um, their chaperones. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and, and it's such a great cause and there's so many other things that Love for Music City has done. I mean, we had the, the concerts, we had Todd Tilgman come in uh, for that, had a big car show out there. We had yes. just recently had the big gala yeah. uh, which was incredible and you were there and, uh, you know, we had some great attendance uh, for that and some great money raised. I was surprised those guitars went for like $1,000. They were signed just, you know, acoustic guitars. So um, that was incredible incredible that they were able to get that so yeah and you signed that too i believe i did i did not that my signature (laughs) on a guitar means anything but you know those were very expensive guitars played by owned by amazing people and of course we had crystal gale perform that night pam tillis and quite the night yeah Yeah, marty rabin jd shelburne i mean it was uh, a great meeting those guys and uh you know you were right in the front row so you got firsthand a vision right there and you even got an award i i i was unexpected it was a surprise (laughs) award but um ever since i moved to Nashville and found out about Love for Music City because I have done some work in New York with a wonderful organization for the foster care system in New York. Um, but the fact that I was able to really be brought in and do a lot of hands-on work with Love for Music City. My daughter and I both do. My daughter Cherish and I do a lot of work for them mm-hmm. for the foster care system. And um, so it's a passion of mine. Yeah. And, and that's great because with uh, Crystal and Shanda, you need a lot of help with this. I mean, it's not just a one-person kind of operation. Oh, not at all. There's, no, there's... It, it's a it's a big wheel that goes there. And, and it's, it's a great thing to tackle, but it's a great cause. Yes, you exactly. You know what I'm saying? Because these kids, look, I'm, I'm so passionate about it that I just, the experience, Experiences that these kids have had to, to go through 
through no fault of their own. That's the thing. None of these are their fault. No, absolutely. And they're having to suffer through this this situation. And all they want to do is find a family. Yes. You know, have somebody to love them, have, be a part of a family. Absolutely. And, you know, whether they, they get reunited or not, I mean, right. it's hard what to tell. What encouraged you to adopt three children from the foster care We system? We had a, a situation, it was a, a kind of a passion to uh, have children. My wife, unfortunately, could not. So look into adoption. We started investigating the, the situation there in Central Florida, came across an organization and became kind of real passionate, found a lot uh, of information about them. And we were really kind of became advocates of that and supporting them. At the time, I had a photography business. So I actually photographed all of the kids in Central Florida that were available for adoption. Wow. And they had roving galleries. They call it the Heart Gallery. It's pretty, it's around the United States, but these galleries of all these these children were on like 16 by 20s and they had bio cards and they would be on display. So people said, you know, I really attached to that person. They get the bio card, they start the, you know, the conversation with them, find out about them. And it was just a, a great connection that they normally wouldn't get because you're at malls, you're at airports. So you're at, you know, multiple places where a lot of people get to see this gallery. And it was so successful. We actually were awarded by the, the governor of state of Florida for um, helping over 300 kids find forever homes and it was a great great honor and you know it it was so funny they would always want to have me do videos and things like that and of course then i'd start tearing up and they go of course you know oh that's great keep that i go no you got you can't use (laughs) how old were your children when when you adopted them so we had them at you know three like three and a half six months and right from the hospital he was born december 26th so Uh. his birthday is coming up Uh. and now he's 14 and taller than me oh that's amazing (laughs) oh god love you that's amazing you know what i mean so it's become a thing that if people realized what is available right here in our area yes and it's cost you zero dollars didn't cost you anything yeah now you want to go to private adoption and go to guatemala places like that and spend 40 50 grand that's your choice i guess but we have kids right here in this area that that need homes and they need your help yes and they want to find a family. If you have it in your heart, you can you can attach to, to one of these children and make them their own. I was shocked to find the number of children um, within the foster care system in Middle Tennessee or just even here in Sumner County. So it's, I was shocked. I mean, you know, as I said, I was, was doing work in New York and that maybe you would expect. I was shocked at the number yeah. of, of children in it, foster care. It, it is crazy. Homes. Yeah. And it shouldn't be that way. You know, the help, that's why we're, you know, really looking for these donations for toys, clothes, anything, but it's got to be new. Got to be new. Sure. And it's, it's got to help used, out. We don't, yeah, it's got to be new. Yeah. And you know what? I think if every church in Middle Tennessee adopted a child here in Middle Tennessee, we wouldn't have any more right. children available. They would be adopted. Right. You know, and it's unfortunate that they get placed in that situation yeah. and have to go through that. Right. Because you live with that forever. Yeah. You know, and, and, and as you well know, I think it's great that you're, you're involved in this. You have that passion to, to help them out. You know, they're, they're continuing on a monthly basis, helping these kids out with, with, all kinds of things. Oh, absolutely, you know? yeah. So it's not, it's not just, just this... the one. Oh, no, no, no. It's not just one. They they continue to help out and um, provide things for the foster children throughout the year. Absolutely. Yeah, and and you can get involved. I mean, if you you have a passion for this, get a hold of uh, you know Crystal over at loveformusiccity.org. Check her email. Go to the website loveformusiccity.org. You're gonna you're gonna get all that information right there once you jump in and find out how great of a job they are doing for these kids and then hear the stories that these kids tell on and how love for music city helped them 
Yes, absolutely. You know that so, that's the key right there. Absolutely. And they just that's good. That's going to help them later on yeah. in life for sure. But I'm glad you're involved in it. I mean, it's just it, it's Thank great. You. You're, you're I bringing, love it. Yeah, bringing that and and helping them and using yourself to attract more people. So we appreciate you taking time to even come out here and, and doing this. Well, thank you for having me, Jeff. Yeah. This is amazing. <laughs> You'd have to tell uh, Cherish that I need to see her again. Absolutely. We got to get her on the show. Ah, you're a sweetheart. Thank I'll you. Love to hear her music. Well, she's got a new song she's doing with um, Cal Campbell, Glenn mm-hmm. Campbell's son. So the okay. two of them have a song they are doing, and I believe she's in the studio tomorrow with him. Oh, that's incredible. So there you go. Well, tell her to let me know. Appreciate that. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up our time together. We've been talking with Charlene Tilton, our actress and singer. <laughs> Thank you so Maybe much. Maybe you'll sing background on Cherish's uh, project. Um, no, even with, <laughs> with her father, Johnny Lee, of course, who did Looking for Love, yeah. we would always joke, um, yeah, let me sing background. He goes, yeah, oh yeah, you can be in the background, uh, like in the next state, way in the background. So just just stand there and move your lips. Yeah, I, I, I'm not a singer, no. <laughs> well, All right. Thank you so much. I thank appreciate you, my it. Dear. Hey, that's going to wrap up this edition of Summer County Spotlight. This is Jeff Shannon. Uh, join us again next week. We're on every Sunday at 10 a.m. Then it'll be on our podcast page at whinradio.com, and you can check out all of these shows right there. So we'll check you next time for more of Sumner County Spotlight. So long. Sumner County Spotlight on 100.7 WHIN 1010 AM has been brought to you exclusively by FNM Bank, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. Whether you need personal banking, banking for your business, a home mortgage, or considering refinancing your home, FNM Bank will provide you with excellent service right here in Sumner County. Visit them today at myfmbank.com. Sumner County Spotlight will return next Sunday morning at 10 AM. Thanks for listening.